hello everyone, it's Carmen Tang and you are on the Another Startup Story podcast. I'm super excited you've joined us today. We'll be talking business and creativity and most importantly we're talking to inspiring individuals that can share their insights and tips to make your business just a bit better. So on today's episode we are talking to Vincent Tang who is the founder of The Plain, Ronin, Punch and Gather Cafe Concepts. So each of the cafes offer a unique menu of um, brunch items and delicious specialty coffee alongside a range of dedicated and traditional Japanese products sold in the Gather store. But what actually caught my eye and what I think makes each of the concepts really stand out is its aesthetics. So from the interior to the social media and all of its marketing materials, all of the brands emulate a remodelista and the kind of vibe you get in the arts and science in Tokyo. So here I am today in the Gather Cafe with uh, the founder, Vincent Tang, to find out where his inspiration comes from and how he found his love for coffee. Hello everyone. Hi, yeah. afternoon. I'm Vincent. Hi. Hello Carmen. Yeah. Thank you. I'm very well. Thank you. Yeah. Good. So let's start from the beginning. So mm. you uh, you were an engineer graduate. Yes. And you somehow stumbled upon found the path my, of yeah. F, you know, the F and B world. So Tell us a bit more about how you became to find, you know, your love for coffee culture, cafe culture, and um, yeah, how come you didn't follow your career in engineering? Yeah. How come I didn't follow my <laughs> dream? Yeah. Um, I think it all started, and I was very fortunate to leave and study in Melbourne. I was there for ten years. And you're originally um, from Singapore. Uh, so Singapore, yeah. that's right. Um, so uh, I was studying there. I met uh, a couple. Their name is Bill and Faye and they run amazing cafes in, in Melbourne. Yeah. I was very fortunate to work with them and, and learn everything from, from scratch. Mm-hmm. I think um, Bill and Faye's style of hospitality um, is very definitive of um, what the hospitality industry was like at that time in, in Melbourne. Right, right. Um, they make everybody feel like you know, they're coming home. Yeah. Um, um, they always say we always try to make someone feel better when they walk in, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, when they leave, than when they first walked in. Um, so we, I worked with them for a few cafes, um, Postal Hall, Cafe Racer, uh, Coffee Darling was the last place. Mm. Um, before I came back to Singapore, I did um, go back to construction uh, for two years as a project manager. Mm-hmm. I loved it, loved every minute of it. Yeah. And then came back home to Singapore in 2009. Right, right. Um, so I tried uh, civil engineering in Singapore. Um, very different. And, and, I, and I miss saying hello to the people and, and kissing the ladies on their cheeks. <laughs> and, and it's a big part that I miss. So I told Laura, my wife, like, you know, we should, we should probably open our own cafe. The, the mm. thing is, when, when I learned coffee, and and and, mm. and and working in a cafe, um, opening opening one wasn't on the top of my priority. Right. It was just to um, learn a skill and learn the craft. Learn the craft, yeah. But I was so happy that learning how to work in a cafe actually gave me a second uh, career option. Like mm. I'm not stuck. Right, right. doing civil engineering like yeah. I, I could venture out and do something on my own mm. and that's when we opened um, our first cafe called The Plane The Plane it yeah. was very simple um, 
why the plane um, is, is just we want to keep things plain and simple done well you know um, we only had poached eggs on ham cheese tomato um, lattes were just three dollar eighty cents back then wow. that was ten years ago 2010 yeah. yes so before we go on to the next question, how yeah. do you make a perfect poached egg? Okay. <laughs> so the water has to be uh, moving, right? right? It cannot be still. Um, it needs to bubble and it cannot be bubbling over. Eggs has to be fresh. Right. So just before uh, you pour in the egg, you actually stir them. So I actually dropped the egg um, from, I actually dropped the whole egg after cracking the shell. Some okay. people will transfer it to a, a bowl yeah. or, or something, yeah. And then you keep on turning it such that the, the egg white would cook and you will start to form like a ball around around the yolk. Like a vo vortex. That's right, like a vortex, yeah. Right. And, and it's about timing, two to three minutes. But you need to have the right amount of um, vinegar. It's just to help the eggs right. poach a little bit. To help them mm. stick together. But too much, then when you when you eat the eggs, there'll be too much of the vinegary yeah, taste. Yeah, that's true. And I think ever since then, throughout from the plane to punch to running, um, people love our poached eggs because they are poached fresh. Right. So I when see. there's an order, we, we poach it and then not and not poach it and then heat and it up in a, in, a, right? in a water bath. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've been doing a lot of education on, I guess, just nutrition and where food comes from, where yeah. produce comes from, especially over COVID. Um, and I, yeah, I was doing a lot of research around um, how pastured eggs are so much better than organic yeah. eggs. Yeah. And, you know, I just, and that's why how you get the orange yolk, orange yolk. you know. Yep, 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 and now yep. I'll never go back to <laughs> any other eggs, you know. Yes, once you have For the me, good stuff, eggs yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's the good stuff. Yeah, so tell us, so tell us a bit more about the concepts okay. that are currently yeah. live, yeah. you know, here today in Singapore. Um, but I mean, they're beautiful, we're currently sat here now. Mm. And um, But yeah, I, I'd love to hear where your inspiration comes from. Um, so every three years, we'll open a new concept. Um, and, and these three years allow us time to really think of what do you want to do next. For me, it's always about chasing memories. You know, many parts of uh, the plane, Ronin, uh, these two are close. So right now there's only punch and and gather. Yeah, um, it's all about chasing memories. Um, whether it's that particular soundtrack or, or the light. Um, so we we travel and then there's food that we really want to do. So for example, for gather right, uh, it's a creperie. Yeah. Uh, we fall in love with this place called Altem's Jadis. It is helmed by this chef. He's Japanese. He's called Taku. Taku-san oh, okay. runs Altem's Jap yeah, yeah. In, in Jinan, which right. is not too far away from Shibuya. It's okay. just at the back. Yeah. Um, he told us that he's been there for 15 years. We, we visit Tokyo once a year. And yeah. whenever we're there, we'll visit him two or three times per visit. And his crepes are just so consistent. So for French crepes, um, usually the yolk will be left exposed, you will see the egg yolk. Mm -hmm. But for Taku-san style, um, he would put more cheese and protect the egg yolk. And then he will, yeah, right, he will right. flip it. And not okay. many places does that because the ingredients might fall out and yeah, go everywhere. Yeah. And then he flips it back, the cheese all melted. Oh, and then so he good. garnishes <laughs> it. And then he presents it like a Japanese puzzle. Yeah, so we've like fallen, a Japanese puzzle. That's right, yeah. And, 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 and we've fallen in love more with the, the execution than just 
you know the the crack or why it is itself. Right, yeah, right. yeah. That's so interesting. I have to check it out. Yeah, because I guess your crepes are not like traditional French crepes, right? Yeah, the ingredients yeah. are. I know the the, the composition mm. of the ingredients are. Yeah. yeah. but not so much the execution. Right, right. See, so but you've got really interesting, you know, additional to toppings, I guess. That's you know, right. With yeah. like mm. you have like the chicken, the, yeah, the dill, yeah, that's right, yeah. and not the dill, is it the. Mm. It's and like the pickle, um, the, the pickle and, and that's right. And then people are getting used to the pink peppercorns because yes, no one no one really put yeah, no, puts pink peppercorns on it. Really yeah. yeah, Taku does that and you know at first we were like, huh? Does it? <laughs> oh wow. And it's just it's so brings good. the different It's so dimension. pretty that's and right, yeah. you know, when it's mm. just about it's so Instagrammable. That's right. And that's what it is these days, yeah. I think, you know, having you know, a product an amazing product and a service that either works or, or tastes amazing but also is well presented. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. So you're saying a lot of your inspiration comes from Tokyo? Yeah. And I think we're just so um, captivated by you know, the Japanese. They are, they are, there's just that single-mindedness to do, to be better, till it becomes, till it looks like perfection mm. to everybody else. But you know, there's so much hard work that goes into it. Yeah, mm -hmm. mm. yeah so what would you say specifically about, uh, say, Tokyo or even Japan inspires you? Is mm. it like the way of life? the mentality or the kind of aesthetics? I think I think there is still that big Melbourne part in me mm -hmm. well, for the cafe culture. You lived there I, for 10 years, yeah. right? So I think for, for me, a cafe culture is where everyone from the customers through to the suppliers and the staff share their everyday and, and makes that place come to life. Mm. You, know, you, you go to Tokyo, maybe because of the language barrier, right? You don't yeah. really see them interact. It is very brisk and very top quality service and and so in singapore uh, there's this part where we have soaked ourselves in in, in the melbourne everyday cafe culture mm -hmm. and and yet you are you're just so captivated by what the japanese does which is very sleek right. and and top-notch quality mm. that drives us to push for our concepts to be uh, almost like a like a fusion between yeah, yeah. so it, you're saying you know it's not just obviously top quality services yeah. needed as well and you want to create that kind of friendly vibe in the cafe but also there's a lot that goes behind the execution that's right and yeah. that process and so the sure japanese part tripping. yeah it's probably the, the execution mm -hmm. and the choice of ingredients mm -hmm. and a few um, work habits that we try to adopt by the end of the day, um, you can't pretend to be Japanese because we are not, right? Yeah. They have lived there and, and the reason why they are who they are is probably because of that long culture that mm. they have there. So I think we still want to stay true to ourselves. Yeah, you know, um, true to our roots. That's right, yeah. yeah. I, I still like a place that is bustling and, and, and people saying hello to each other across yeah. the room with that, but you don't really see that in, in let's say a Japanese restaurant or yeah, a cafe yeah, or I mean, Kisaten. I went to Japan in 2018 mm. but I, I've never been Fairly to Tokyo, recently, I only yeah. went to Osaka and mm. Kyoto. But it was, it's a very calm kind of right, vibe, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. There's no loud, There's no <laughs> no loud shouting. Yeah. So, so it's a very different kind <laughs> very of polite. atmosphere yeah. that you enjoy. Yeah. But if, if we do that, then that wouldn't be me. Because yeah, coming right, from I Melbourne, see. I love that yeah. hustle and bustle and, mm. yeah, and people dropping plates on the floor <laughs> and then suddenly you go taxi, you know? Yeah. Do you know where that comes <laughs> from? Life. Yeah. 
Do you know why in, in, in Australia right, or in Melbourne, in restaurants, when someone drops a plate and, and someone or a colleague will shout, Taxi! Yeah. No, I don't know. It is to say right, that, that that person might be drunk so oh, early in the day. Need to go, go yeah, so you're calling a taxi that's for, funny. for that person. <laughs> it's meant to no, be a joke. Yeah, now you know. Oh, yeah. That's funny. I can't believe I never knew that. My dad yeah. is actually, uh, <laughs> he was in F&B. He's also like a, a chef and a yeah. restaurant owner. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I, I've never been kind of behind, behind in the kitchen yeah. as much as close to the kitchen um, yeah so I guess looking at the the gather and the punch designs um, it is very much I feel like there's that Scandinavian influence and I guess yeah. you know with another startup story we really love the minimalistic vibe which is probably what you know drew me to your brand in the first place alongside the delicious food and um, gather is currently sits within the Raffles, Raffles Hotel, hotel yeah. yeah so which is a, a really beautiful luxury hotel um, and so when you think of design every piece in a room like even the room itself it has a story uh, to tell and people feel that as soon as they step into the, the, the space and I think design is quite an emotional thing right um, and when you enter a room maybe you can't really put your finger on it but suddenly you kind of feel a lot more karma or a lot more intrigued yeah. or um, even inspired. So I think a lot of businesses with brick and mortar setups, um, how would you advise them to kind of use design to complement the brand? Um, I'm very lucky. Um, so my wife, Laura, she's, a, she's an architect. Oh, is she? Yeah, that so, explains a lot so, then. Um, <laughs> every, every of my F&B concept, um, she yeah. will be the one responsible for the look. What I do is I'll let her know what I'm inspired by, what mm. do I want for this place, and then she will she'll present to me. And and to her, I think design appears to be a very material thing, mm. but yet can have such an intangible, transcendent quality that can be experienced beyond what the eye can see. Um, there is the hardware, mm. and then there is the elusive software, the right. soundtrack, the warm welcome by the team, yeah. the consistency of product as, as humanly as possible. Mm. Um, so she then ingests all my wish list ideas and distills <laughs> them into a pragmatic, billable space that can manifest within our finances. Right. So we, we don't we don't have um, investors. You so everything yeah. is bankrolled yes. by, by yeah. ourselves. So oh, whatever right. we earn from the plane, we put it into Ronin. It's reinvesting. Ronin, into the yeah, business. that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and so that maybe this pragmatism can be appreciated by customers. Um, they do mention that their home spaces have been inspired by our cafes. Wow. So it, it, it's doable and, and not statement design, you know, just for the, for the sake of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just it's so beautifully done. But that makes sense now that your wife is an architect. That's right, yeah. <laughs> and, and for us, like our design formula is to always be quite specific. So for Raffles Hotel, where we are sitting right now, you know you can see the terracotta tiles outside. Mm -hmm. So we want it to, to, to be brought inside, so it feels like ah. the space is part. So a lot of people yeah. ask us, so this is not original. Right, so this, you purposely that, that, wanted that, to kind right. of yeah. replicate that in a way yeah. and echo that. And we always strive to be at the front of the curve, mm. so people will emulate, uh, so we should always look ahead. If something is really done to death, well, we'll try to avoid it as yeah. much as possible. Yeah, yeah. it's really interesting. Yeah. So, you know, we've spoken about design of the physical space and you mentioned about even soundtrack. I think that's so important. Yeah. There's nothing worse that, that puts me off because I'm, I'm a big music 
person. Yeah. I'm a big music fan, and so going into a restaurant and it's just so beautifully designed. Food's amazing, and, and, the, and the, the music, music just, just doesn't sound doesn't like doesn't crazy relate. EDM yeah, yeah, or something, yeah, yeah. you know. But that happens a lot, and I think it's really important to touch up on the five senses, especially when you go. Because when you go to eat, you're trying to create an experience for someone, right? So yeah, I think and, you and that's an interesting thing because that. a lot of restaurants that does really well in Singapore where where people enjoy going I think the people who who started it or created it um, have probably experienced that that amazing feeling when when themselves, when, when themselves yeah. and they're just trying to replicate and that's why you know the, the, for them the music mm. the, the service is so particular whether when someone puts down the cutlery back into a cutlery holder does yeah. it make that clanking sound I think I think yeah the I think all this details. comes from experience yeah yeah interesting and so you know looking at your you know we spoke about the physical space of the cafes but you know for anyone who checks out the gather and yeah. the punch instagram pages it's just so beautifully curated and designed so um i would love to know you know firstly who does your social media yeah. and how talk us a bit about you know the branding itself and the logo how did you did you work with an agency to come up with something we and are, who managers we are, we are very lucky so i'm just going to talk a little bit about about that the, the yeah. aesthetic part right um so this space gather it is not just a crepery but mm. it is also a, a retail space so right now yeah. we are sitting here so um shan that you you just met before yeah, yeah. um she she curates every single retail product and most of them are from tokyo or kyoto yeah um my partner loves the instant the, the from yeah, right. so she she makes a point to um go and meet the craftsmen themselves get oh, to wow, get to know them yeah. and then um, see where there's a chance to um, collaborate and, and bring stuff in mm. so um, like she was in in Copenhagen and she met up with Niels who owned Frama so we are the first oh, in Singapore Copenhagen, Everyone, Copenhagen. Right. so uh, the Frama products are Copenhagen the Portic products are from Tokyo yeah, uh, they're yeah. from this uh, they're from Chiba prefecture um, and and we wanted a space that um, not just feeds people, but where people can come and shop. Mm. But um, every product needs to tell a story. Yeah. yeah. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to tell a story just for the sake of it. Mm -hmm. But um, whoever curates it has to feel has to feel for it. Right. And then and then it becomes Shan's responsibility and ours to make sure we become those storytellers. Mm -hmm. And and you know nowadays with with um, retail, you can find so many things online. Mm. We just want to see how can we still transform physical retail spaces like mm. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sarah, the other girl that you met, um, she was actually a part timer that worked with us at Punch, and she was in the kitchen. She was making amazing poached eggs yeah, with avocado. Yeah, the poached eggs are so good. All right, yeah. So um, we found out that she is also a designer student. And the logo now for for Gather, she designed that. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. So 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 she saw that in the vision and she presented. So it is made to look like a galette. Yeah. With an egg in the middle. Yeah. But it also resembles the Raffles Hotel yeah, window yeah. window like arches. A building, basically. Yeah. So um, once again, it is the coming together of you know Laura who designed the space, mm -hmm. the terracottas and how every every line and alignment would match up um, to the 
retail products that Sean curates mm. and um, all the photographs are taken by Sarah and then oh, wow. Laura would just manage the uh, social media. So, so your wife manages the social yeah, media? Yeah, so there's, wow. no, there's no company, it is just That's us. That's just yeah. Oh my gosh, you're both, yeah, it's yeah. just so talented. Yeah. Like, so we're very lucky couple. as well yeah, to work yeah, with Sean and, and Sarah. Yeah, I think uh, even yeah, like the photography is done that's so right, well. Yeah. And I think you know any kind of, especially food. I mean, for me, when I when I travel and I look for food recommendations, I always check on Instagram. Yep. I'll like do a kind of my due diligence, but I don't use Google. Like Instagram is my Google. For and, and that's the thing, right? Like you know, you look on Instagram and everything looks good. You're just hoping that when you arrive at that place, it meets that it, expectation. It, yes, yeah, yeah. No, it's true. No, it's so beautiful for anyone listening and. Or anyone in the F&B industry, you should definitely, you can definitely take a leaf out of um, their book. So, uh, yeah, I mean, talking on the topic of F&B, it's obviously it's not an in easy industry to break into. And I've spoken to other F&B and hospitality entrepreneurs, especially at this time right yeah. now with COVID and everything. Um, and we always hear it's like it's really hard to make margins, you know. Um, so how has it been like, you know, talk about, I, I want to talk a bit about finances and the business mechanics side of things and running the cafes and how has that been for you, not coming from a financial background? I think with all the places that we opened, right, it was never money first and that's why we were not um, too um, worried about not having investors. We always know that and, and believe that if you do something well enough, mm. um, people would would like the product yeah and um, we have we have made we have survived and been able to um, live um, comfortably and provide jobs with all the uh, concepts that we, we had mm. um, so even with COVID-19 uh, I think with the support from the from the government mm. and we we did what we could when we couldn't have any dining customers yeah um, did you do delivery? Were you doing? Yes, we did. Yeah. So, I think with the when we, you know something like COVID could happen again, and we feel that when we say pivoting, I think pivoting quickly is about the ability to reach out sensibly. Mm -hmm. So we we realized that. Um, the crepes didn't travel as well uh, yeah, after so 20 minutes. Well, yeah, it deteriorates, and and that's why we started to bring back um, old favorites like the French toast and uh, the poached eggs, so that uh, they'll be more resilient. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And then and then this this products, I mean this item still stayed um, after the COVID um, because. I oh, they were new. It was a new item. Uh, no, it was an old favorite. So oh, it was an old favorite, old favorite right, from right. the Sorry, past yeah. cafes that we had. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. I think you have to be versatile, don't you? I think when um, you know when COVID happened, all of the restaurants are offering delivery. But like you said, not all. Like for example, I don't think pasta travels well. When you receive, by the time you receive the pasta from when it's been cooked to your plate, plate. to eat in your home, it's yeah. like it's dry. The sauce is disintegrated, and and you feel like you're not doing justice to yeah. the to the products. Yeah. 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 So you have to be versatile and. Um, I just wanted to talk a bit about this. Uh, so I was looking at a recent McKinsey Insight report, which kind of speaks about the recovery of casual and fine dining and restaurants um, over the next few years. And they mentioned how many, a lot of quick service restaurants and casual dining establishments have had to really pivot to kind of off-premise channels. Yeah. 
um, and so primarily, uh, primarily drive-through, delivery and takeout. Um, and then when the world kind of reopened, street walk, street side and street walk and kind of alfresco cafes were opening out of, the bl out of nowhere. So I guess my question is, how do you see the F&B industry changing in a post-COVID world and what kind of new business models do you predict? I think no one saw this coming, like yeah. no, this could happen. Um, and, and it makes sense that um, when, when customers are not able to come to the shop, we'll, we'll try to reach out to them as much as possible. But I, I still believe that um, people still need to, not so much to eat, but um, everybody wants to catch up with friends and interact. So no matter what, um, I think the restaurant, the F&B industry will just keep on, keep on thriving. Mm. Um, but with situations like COVID, it, it really showcases um, those that have a very resilient product mm. um, as opposed to those that's just out to um, make a quick, yeah, yeah make a quick bag or yeah, yeah, something, yeah. yeah. Uh, but then I guess like during this whole year, what kind of, if you could give like three practical tips mm. for, you know, restaurant owners, cafe owners, even, you know, uh, people who are looking to start a new business within the F&B industry, what kind of more practical tips around business and starting a business would you, would you give? Um, we, um, definitely the menu, uh, one yeah. of them, yeah, um, like how, how do you get the food that your customers love when they dine in mm. um, to, their, to their premise and, and still en enjoy it. Mm -hmm. um, I think when you're at home, when we're at home, you know, you definitely would like to do a bit of DIY. Mm. So a bit of a DIY um, food ideas or packages would be good. Um, I also feel when that... When you say DIY, yeah, do you mean kind of like... Like make your own or... Uh, yeah. Like for the, for the customer, right? That's right, yeah. And they'll receive it and they feel like they're kind of, yeah. you know, got a bit more control. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, if we talk a little bit about you know, dining in, in the restaurant itself, I think we really have to make an effort to make customers feel secure, mm -hmm. not in terms of um, just um, safe um, dining um, premise, but more of um, securing their, their expectations uh, yeah. in terms of reservations and, and the dining time and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because there's nothing worse than, I've been to a few restaurants here actually, where they have been very clear that there's a certain time limit. Yeah. And, you know, and then what's happened after is that we've ordered, say, dessert, and that doesn't come until, you know, after half an hour. So we've already gone over So we're over talking about um, flexibility, like yeah. they, they do have to take that into account. Yeah, of yeah. course we understand, but also about communicating that, you know, and not being so kind of harsh about and it. And I think that's the thing where, where this will probably take time because um, right now, you know, for us, you know, Singapore has, re, re, uh, has reopened, yeah. it's been quite a while. Um, no, we are making those mistakes and you make customers feel like they're being rushed yeah, to leave. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and you start taking into consideration. So, yes, we do watch our bottom line and we hope to turn over tables mm -hmm. as quickly as we can. But we shouldn't feel to, to, to see whether you know, to our, our, our customers customer. still and yeah. enjoying themselves. Because at totally. the end of the day, um, 
if they don't enjoy it and they, they're not going to come back yeah exactly i mean even this restaurant i won't you know say which one it was but it was like amazing food but the service was so bad that i just haven't gone back yep. you know um but you know unfortunately i think that's maybe a lesson to learn for yeah. <laughs> you know good old for customer old-fashioned old customer service yeah, it goes right. a long way yeah. So, I mean, I just kind of want to touch up on the point you made about the menu, because I think okay. that's another thing. Like, I mean, I eat out quite a lot. I love, you know, I'm a big foodie and going to um, restaurants and seeing the menu, which has just like such bad typeface or, yep. you know, <laughs> it just really annoys me. Yes, yes, yes. So I guess like, you know, even with your, I mean, your branding is kind of yep. beautiful end to finish, but with like the menu, do you kind of, how, what's the process like for deciding how to A, decide what products go on the menu, and B, how to write it, you know, in a beautiful way, and also the design of the menu. I think we're very fortunate um, that um, everyone that was involved in the, in the branding part mm -hmm. um, sees, um, on the, on, we're all on the same page. Like, I think something has to be beautifully presented. When we say beautiful, it has to be easy to read, it, it makes sense, it flows from you know, starters to the mains yeah. to the sweets. Um, where you find a coffee menu and, and such. Mm -hmm. um, we, we never had menus in all our establishments where we overcrowd them. Yeah. Like um, we, we only have very limited items. Very selective. Very selective. Yeah. And we hope to um, cater to everyone's needs. There might be a special once in a while, mm -hmm. but um, I think it's that consistency yeah. that, that you want. Yeah. You want that those favorites, I think. You That's know. right. Yeah, and I think the big difference is um, mm. I'm I'm not a chef. You know, we are not a restaurant. Um, I mean, there are still certain expectations of us because we we well, we do are you not operating call out of. Restaurant? No, I, I guess mm, cafe yeah. is cafe, under a yeah. restaurant. Um, You're selling food. It is. Yeah, we're selling. Food, right? <laughs> Um, but there's still certain expectations. Um, when we got the place, um, the GM, Christian Westberg, um, he told us um, very straight in the eye, mm -hmm. you know, for, for standard, there's only one standard, and that's the raffle standard. So for them to give us this space, we do have to work really hard to right. make sure that we, we stay on top. Yeah. Um, we are independent tenants, but still there is... There are certain standards under, you have to right. meet, yeah. yeah. So for our audience who's listening who you know, haven't been to Singapore, Raffles is you know, a very high-end luxury hotel, beautifully designed, and, and I guess the Gather Cafe kind of fits nicely <laughs> within it, but you really do have to keep your standards <laughs> That's right. you know, yeah. up high. No, it's really interesting. Um, yeah, I, I think like even the menu, sometimes when you go out to eat and you're just struggling with things to choose from because just so much choice. No. If, if, if you are struggling to choose because they all sound so amazing and yummy, that's good because it makes you want to come back, right? right but the right. worst is if you are struggling to choose because you are not sure, like, yeah. no, which one will not be disappointing yeah, then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. true. But I think that's why, you know, the concept of burger and lobster is so smart, right? Yeah. Because they have one, like, one item yeah. and you go there for that like, one item. And, and they are our neighbours, yeah. So, yeah, they are yeah. neighbours. I've yeah. not been to the one in Singapore yeah. yet, but it's super popular in London. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely should check it out. So I guess like before we uh, before we wrap up uh, at, on the another Staff and Story podcast, we usually do kind of a lightning yeah. round of boldly rapid questions, which are a bit more personal to you, I yeah. guess. Um, so you just have to be honest and answer these. So I guess my first one is um, if. 
what is one book that you would recommend to a friend and why? Um, I'm in the midst of reading The Pit of Principles. By Ray That's Dario. right, uh, yeah, by, by that. uh, Lawrence J. Peter and Raymond Hill. So Peter, oh, wait, Peter, Peter we're, Principles. We're thinking of a different book. Yeah, maybe different, yeah. It's called Principles. The Pito Principles. Oh, the, the, Peter, the Peter Principles. principles. Okay, yeah. I'm talking about yeah. principles, principles by Ray Dalio. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the Peter Principles is about, I, I think I think it um, relates to very much to what I do. Like um, we, have a sh we have a cook that became the head chef mm. and then he recently became the manager and now became the operations manager. So the Peter Principles almost um, um, examines and and look at you know when a certain when, when a person has reached a certain um, capacity of his ability um, that's when that's when it hits the, the max like you you cannot make that person become better right okay yeah but but there there are ways and to do that yeah so it's almost like there are ways uh, to make them better okay. yeah but there, there, there also explains to you why um, maybe the person has reached the, the ceiling of his or her capability yeah, and yeah. could not be promoted. Ah, yeah. oh, okay, interesting. Yeah. And what are the ways to make that person better? I'm intrigued. Um, I think, you know, like, you know, there's always the, the motivation, right, whether it's right. monetary or purpose. Mm -hmm. But I feel that for my guys, um, some of them have been with me for quite a while. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's what they see you do with them day in day out that they believe that um, um, they, they believe in, in the same things that that I am pushing and believe yeah, in. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. So it's just a bigger vision, I guess. That's right. And they believe in that vision, mm -hmm. right? That's right. Yeah. yeah, and that's really hard. I think I I always say I think hiring is like the hardest part of any starting a business yep. and running a business. Finding good people, you know, good loyal people to stay with you and to actually really believe in your dream as well you know but um yeah that's really interesting i have to give it a read so i guess this follows on to my next question um if uh what brand um well i guess like our brand name is another startup story yeah. so what brand or business are you really enjoying right now um there's this brand that um we are currently carrying it's called uh cosmic cosmic wonder Cosmic Wonder. Is it here in the store? Uh, today? Yes, it is. Yeah. Which one is it? Um, so basically, Cosmic Wonder. Ah, oh, the, the are clothes. The, are the clothing? Yeah. So Ooh, I love this that. one over here, right? Yeah, um, basically, the, linen, linen the products. On yeah. the end, it looks beautiful. And it's like a, a, a circle, but with with um, with dotted, so it's not a complete circle. But what is interesting, uh, this brand is actually um, in in Tokyo. But now the head office or the founder actually creates and lives out of uh, Kyoto. Kyoto, okay. Yeah. Um, so his name is uh, Yukinori Meda. It was founded in 1997. Ah, uh, okay. Mm. Cosmic so it, Wonder. Cosmic Wonder. It used to be a runway brand, but after oh, wow. the um, tsunami yeah. and, the, and, the, and the natural disasters, the company has such a big shift in the mindset that they decide to return to more um, sustainable yeah, um, more products routed. and all yeah wow, that's really so i think i was i was really um captivated by how big or massive the change could be yeah, yeah. when was it which tsunami when was um, the shift this one i think it was maybe 20 years ago oh yeah, wow that's so it's right. been, yeah. yeah i'm actually looking for 
and putting together yeah. a list of it's like a curated catalogue for Christmas gift okay. ideas for people who you know are just really awful okay. you know present choosers and, and I'm specifically looking at brands which are you know not that well known very kind of unique and, and boutique but are also have a sustainable angle or yeah. have a giving uh, giving back element and obviously have a beautiful brand beautiful branding and packaging that's yeah. number one so um, yeah definitely check out I'll check them out maybe I can add them to the list yeah. okay so uh, last question for you what is one quote that you live by I've 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 I heard this and it was from Faye uh, who I worked with she says in Melbourne. in Melbourne do everything as if it's for your beloved do everything as if it was for your beloved I've, I've taken that with me um, ever since I started working with them yeah. so whether I was um, doing the dishes or whether I was poaching an egg or whether I was making a coffee um, you always want to make sure it is more of a, a state of mind yeah. sometimes you get Customers who drives you mad, right? Yeah. So um, you you don't you don't start questioning yourself like you know, they are not my beloved. So why should I do it? Um, that is mm. independent of who they are. It is yeah. it's more for myself. So yeah. everything I do, we do it as if it's for your beloved. I love that, and I think everyone can kind of take that mentality into everyday life. You don't have to be a cafe no. founder yeah. to, to take that. That's yeah. so beautiful. Well, I think that's, yeah, that's a great way to end this. Um, it really sums up everything that we've talked about today. Thank you. Yeah. And yeah, I just want to say thanks so much for sharing your story today. Thanks for having me. me over. Well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really, I'm excited to share this with our audience for anyone who's not necessarily looking to start an F&B establishment, but just people who are big foodies in general and, yeah. you know, love cafe culture. Um, and I'll put all the details in the show notes. Please check out uh, the two cafes' Instagram. They're like super inspiring. And yeah, thanks again so much Thank for being you. on the show. Thank you, Carmen. Thank you.